Evidently it was my turn now. And you know what they say. The person who finds the body is one of the prime suspects, second only to the husband. Assuming there is a husband. Surely they wouldn't suspect a middle-aged woman like me, would they? I finally got Boo Radley out of that room. I know you're not supposed to touch anything, but I shut the door on the murder scene anyhow. Then I called Olive. Boo and I waited in the living room. The phone rang forever. I'm in the shower, Olive announced when she picked up the receiver after the twentieth ring. Listen closely, Olive. We need you right now. It's an emergency. I hesitated for a second before taking a deep breath. Big mistake. The smell was almost as awful out here in the living room. Get the car and get here as fast as you can, I told her. She probably heard me gagging. I rushed my last instructions while I still could. Where at that foreclosed house that backs up to the biking trail, the brick house with the damaged back fence, the one where they kept the dog chained up out in the yard? As I stuffed my cell phone back into my jeans pocket, I felt a cold sweat break out on my face. My stomach roiled, and Boo Radley no longer quietly whined. She howled. Full-blown panic was right around the corner. From both of us. This house wasn't just the scene of another tragedy. It was a murder site. The knife stuck in the chest of the poor woman in the front bedroom made murder the only conclusion possible. I had to get our dog out of this house before we destroyed any more of the evidence. Boo, however, would not budge. I tugged. She reared back. I pushed. She growled. I pulled on the leash. She turned around and tried to wiggle out of the harness. And all the while she emitted those high-pitched howls we only heard from her during thunderstorms. I sank to the floor, pulling Boo's head to my chest in a sympathetic hug. She stank, too, but it was a dog odor and not a death stink. Boo trembled in my arms, all one hundred and ten pounds of her quivering in waves of fear. I was this close to throwing up when Olive tentatively stuck her head through the front door of the house, exclaiming, "'For God's sake, Flannery, what are you sitting in here for? Come here, Boo!' Here, Booster, Mommy's brought you some cheese. Boo scrambled to her feet like a newly born foal, racing from my side and out the door, pawing at Olive for that cheese cube before I even got my queasy stomach under control. Olive yelled back at me. I can't take that smell, Flannery. Get your butt outside with the rest of us and tell me what's going on. Boo barked. I lost it. Within minutes, my breakfast and part of last night's dinner were all over the living room floor of the abandoned house. I just added one more stench to the already overpowering smell of the murder victim. What's going on? Olive had come back inside and stood over me in the living room, looking around for the origin of the other stench. Before I could stop her, she'd stomped to the closed door of the front bedroom and opened it. "'Oh!' she commented, shutting the door gently. "'Out! Out! Out!' she ordered, jabbing me in the back with her fist. I stumbled outside. The fresh air and bright morning sunshine helped. 
Just as I began looking all around me for Boo Radley, Olive interrupted me. She's in the car, Flannery. I took one step in that direction and stopped. I could see Boo in the back seat of our clunky, box-shaped red car. She already had her head hanging out of the window and looked like she'd recovered completely from her shock. Cheese will do that for her. Doesn't do a thing for me. Olive called the police. If it turned out to be Officer Greg Martinez who got this case, I would just die. I was in the doghouse with all of Lockhart's lawmen. Police, sheriff, DPS, constable. And I mean all of them. Just because I'd written that book with Olive and gotten them in trouble about all the jurisdiction boundaries they routinely crossed. I sat down on the porch to wait. Olive slid into the space I'd left beside me and...